Hello and welcome. I'm Al Barrows, and this is UFO Disclosure, the podcast that's meant to show an average person's reaction to all the UFO, UAP news from everywhere and anywhere. Today, I'd like to talk about possible proof that a mothership has been orbiting the Earth for years and years. This has been documented by the Arecibo Radio Telescope located in Puerto Rico. It uh, was highlighted uh, in social media this past week because it seems to be um, scientific documentation that there may be an actual UAP um, out there that's been monitoring the Earth for years and years. Okay, so the Arecibo Observatory is located in Puerto Rico. In 2020, um, there was an accident uh, that caused the radio telescope to be shut down. The footage that I'm going to show of the um, mothership was taken in 2017, so about three years before that accident. So on October of 2022, the National Science Foundation announced that radio telescope would not be rebuilt and that instead they would build an educational center at the site. Okay, so these are pictures of the before and after. Uh, this is the Arecibo radio telescope um, before the accident, and this is after, and you can see the hole there where the receiver um, receiver fell into the dish. And you might be wondering, as I did, how a radio telescope can create images um, of, say, the object that I'm about to show that I'm calling a mothership. And the Arecibo Observatory was able to generate visual images using a technique called radio astronomy. And radio astronomy involves sending out radio waves from the observatory's transmitter and then receiving the waves that bounce back after hitting an object in space. By analyzing the time delay between the transmitted and received signals, scientists can determine the distance to the object. Also, the strength of the reflected signal provides information about the object's size and surface characteristics. Now, this technique was used to create detailed images of the object I'm about to show. And um, they also used it to create images of planets, asteroids, and other celestial bodies. But in this case, I'm going to show you a definite image that looks a lot like a UAP or UAP mothership. Okay, so this is taken from the um, Arecibo um, radio telescope um, website. And um, I got this, as I said, online from UFO Sightings Daily. And just some key facts before I show you the footage. Um, this was taken in um, 2017. And Back then, they were calling it, and they still call it, a small asteroid whose orbit crosses the orbit of the Earth. Um, NASA GPL has classified um, it as a potentially hazardous asteroid due to its specific close passes with Earth. And apparently, NASA has had this documentation since 2003. So this object orbits the sun every 419 days. 
five kilometers in diameter, making it larger than 90% of asteroids, but tiny compared to large asteroids, very roughly comparable in size to a football field. And it has a list here of um, passes or distances from the Earth. Uh, the next time that it's supposed to come by the Earth is on January the 7th, 2025. Going to go back a little bit. I can get a clear image. That's a lot clearer right there. You can clearly see that this is a spherical or saucer-shaped craft. And it's accompanied by these two smaller, uh, what look like rectangular uh, orbs or orbs. And it seemed to accompany the uh, saucer-like craft of the mothership constantly. And um, one can only speculate or social media uh, here is saying that it's some sort of probe or defense system for the actual mothership. Going to move along here a bit. Single asteroid, and if you go and check, other asteroids will have that data. It's just, why is there no rotation data unless there is no rotation? This could be just holding still. It looks like a large metal disc with two little UFOs rotating around it for maybe perhaps safety or some other reason. Uh, but this is the Arecibo telescope okay radio telescope and it's a disc a ufo disc with two rectangle shaped craft going around it orbiting around it equally spaced now you think what what are you talking about scott there's no way this is possible this is the original data here you can see arecibo observation data there this is the doppler radar guys doppler radar in 2017 now they call it 2003UX34, and some of the data is here. This is a full view of it. I'm going to enlarge it and make it better, and I'm going to have just a screenshot of this part right there. Did you see that? Did you see that? Okay, now watch this. This is just absolutely amazing, guys. Now this is the original web page on the Aerocebo webpage site, and uh, the data is great except for one thing. The data says that this is about uh, half a mile across but there's no rotation data there's supposed to be rotation data on every single asteroid and if you go and check other asteroids will have that data it's just why is there no rotation data unless there is no rotation this could be just holding still it looks like a large metal disc with two little ufos rotating around it for maybe perhaps safety or some other reason uh, but look at these other data of the same object, the same object. So it's not the only data there. There's proof this object is there. Now they do call it an asteroid, but as you can see, when I freeze frame it, and I'll show you in a few minutes, or you could just jump forward and see that screenshot. It's absolutely amazing. This is no asteroid. Now look at the data here. I highlighted that it says a diameter 0.3 km within a factor of two. That means uh, within, you know, 100%. So it could be up to 0.62 km across, uh, a half a mile across, basically. And uh, there's some other data up here, but there is no data this is up to two, up to 310 meters across uh, to a factor of two, which means, wow, that's huge, guys. That's really big. There's a lot of other data here that you could look at if you're interested in. Um, 110 meters, that is more. huge. Here's another web page. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to show you um, the size, very important, the size of this object, the asteroid, the name. You see all this. It's 
the whole page is dedicated to it. This is a different page. And I'm going to show you where in our solar system this object is. Yes, I'm going to show you a live map of this object and how close it comes to Earth several times a year. Uh, well, several times over several years. Now, here it is, the closest uh, to Earth is going to be equal to 18 uh, distances there, 18 million kilometers, sorry, uh, in 2025. And I'm going to show you that on the map in just a second. Guys, this is just amazing. It's just mind-blowing. Here's the map. Uh, let me make it full screen after I show you the comparison size. See this compared to the size of the Statue of Liberty. That is amazing. Of course, the shape is not the same. That might be the disc seen from the top. We're seeing it from the side on Doppler radar. Okay, so this thing is big. Oh my God, mothership big. Now here we are in the map. I'm going to make a full screen in a second. This is also another map you could play around with. But this is the one that shows us the movement and comparison to Earth, the Sun, and other asteroids and planets in our solar system. And you see that this thing is flying around our solar system in its own unusual orbit. I mean, this is really, hey, it's out there. It, it is statistically impossible to have this kind of orbit in our solar system, and yet this exists. It has the orbit, and it has nothing that looks like an asteroid at all. Here it is. Here's the original GIF. It's a GIF. A GIF has made from several photos put together to make a movie. This is, you just pick up the GIF, drop it on your desktop, then you open it, and you could choose which one you want. And the very last one, this one, this one is the Holy Grail. This one is the one you want to find. Because this is not an asteroid at all. It's a mothership. A half mile across in diameter mothership with two smaller UFOs, rectangle shape, flying around it. Is that amazing or what? Look at the detail. Look at that detail. Why aren't the other shots as clear as this? I think they accidentally left in, or maybe it's on purpose, one screenshot of the actual UFO. The other ones are so fuzzy, they thought, well, the public doesn't matter. Doesn't, they won't care. But they left in one. All we need is one piece of evidence to get the whole world knowing that aliens exist. This is that kind of evidence. This is, oh my God, it's a huge alien disc. Guys, this is just amazing. Make your own videos. Use my video on your website if you want. Uh, share this video on all the social media sites on Facebook, Instagram, threads, whatever you use, please share it. Uh, this is, people need to know about this. This is evidence that aliens exist and Arecibo Telescope has had this uh, data on their website for almost a decade, a uh, decade and a half actually. So guys, the Holy Grail, it's out there, the mothership. It's a half mile across, and these two little rectangle ships are flying around it in their own little orbit, most likely protecting it at all times in case of something coming towards the ship. These objects can move in front of it and protect it. And surely there's some kind of energy shields around these ships. All, all three of those ships will have some kind of energy shields protecting them. And uh, it's just amazing. This thing passes by Earth every few years, 
like it's there to protect us. It's there watching over us. The United States government is trying to hide all this important information from the public. They think we can't take the truth? Hell, we can take the truth. We're going to drag the truth out by its hair. And we're going to drag it out in the front of public and give it to the public to decide for themselves what the hell is the truth. Scott C. Waring, UFO Sightings Daily. Okay, so that was Scott from UFO Sightings Daily. Thank you very much. He makes a very good point there. Um, that's hard evidence, um, especially in this um, time that we're going through where there's so much skepticism um, on the whole UAP disclosure issue. Um, so, so many um, out there, uh, politicians included, uh, have created so much skepticism saying that there's no evidence. Scientists like Avi Loeb have said that there's no hard evidence yet as to the whole UAP phenomenon. And yet here is hard evidence taken from the Arecibo radio telescope. And they've had this evidence for years and years that still shot says 2017, but there are other shots that say 2003. So either two decades or at least a decade and a half, this information has been out there. And this object is a half a mile across, and it's been orbiting the Earth for years and years. So when the Pentagon says that there's no credible evidence or it has no credible evidence of aliens or UFOs, um, here's a prime example. Um, Arecibo, um, the people at Arecibo uh, Radio Telescope, uh, research center have been holding on to this evidence for about a decade and a half. This is hard scientific evidence that can't be refuted. I'd like to move on and talk about um, scientists that uh, claim that she interviewed one of the surviving aliens from Roswell. And this happened years ago and um, happened in one of the sites at Area 51. And this is taken uh, from one of my favorite online authors, Vicky Verma, and the title of his article is The U.S. Scientist Saw Roswell Alien Survivor <clears throat> Who Revealed They Live Underground. So Dr. Shirley Wright, a former colleague of Albert Einstein, stated that she interviewed aliens found at the Roswell crash site in 1947. She noted that aliens are actually just humans. Okay, but an advanced form. Heard that before. Heard that uh, they might be us from the future. Okay, so Shirley Wright claimed to have been present when the U.S. government interviewed an alien survivor from the Roswell crash. According to Dr. Wright, the alien said that not all of them live above the ground and that many reside underground on our planet. Okay, in 1993, an interview with Dr. Shirley Wright was made public where she claims to have witnessed the examination of Roswell UFO crash debris and encountered nine alien bodies. The interview reveals detailed descriptions of aliens, physical characteristics, their suits, and their apparent ability to survive in Earth's atmosphere while also highlighting the limited information they were willing to disclose about their lifestyle and reproductive methods. 
This is a picture of Dr. Shirley Wright. She uh, was a dedicated teacher and scientist, PhD in physics, chemistry, and physical science. She was a chemistry professor at MDCC for over 50 years, and she was a student of Dr. Albert Einstein at Princeton. According to her, that her access to Roswell to the Roswell incident was facilitated by her clearance, which was granted specifically for the purpose of examining the extraterrestrial crash. Describing the appearance of the aliens, Dr. Wright vividly recalled, quote, they were very light, soft, a grayish green. They had a slim, lean physique, no nose, but markings where a nose opening would be, prominent eyes and a mouth. They had no eyebrows, but they had ears and a very forked head, end quote. Additionally, Dr. Wright noted, quote, their eyes were enormous, the most obvious thing you'd see on their face. They were almost brown, black, very dark, end quote. Regarding their attire, Dr. Wright observed, quote, they had suits on, very much like what we call suits. The fabric, the fabric, however, was unfamiliar to me as a chemist. It didn't resemble any fabric I recognized, end quote. Dr. Wright also touched on the aliens' apparent ability to adapt to Earth's atmosphere, stating, quote, they could apparently survive in our atmosphere. They seem to indicate that the atmosphere was quite similar, although not identical to ours. How about that? Their atmosphere was similar to ours. This revelation hints at the remarkable adaptability of these beings and their advanced understanding of different planetary conditions. Okay, I'm going to play a short video. Security clearance was respected. The only reason we could go. Is that secure? Or did they deactivate it uh, after? It was immediately deactivated. Um, in the other experiences you've had, the other work you've done, did you ever have any other kinds of security clearances? I've never had a necessity since to have a security clearance. No. Do you, I've had a uh, paper by the government on the ultimate structure of matter and National Academy of Science, but I have had no security clearance. Do you remember what uh, they called that clearance that you had? Did you have, did they name it for you? I don't even recall that except a final. I'd have to look that up. I don't know whether I even have a note on that. Um, the uh, program that you're working on with uh, with Einstein, was it funded by the government or was it a university grant? Grant to him at that university at that time to have outstanding students from around the country pick to work with him that particular summer in nuclear chemistry. Did you have a title that was given to you while you worked there? Special student. Did he take any other students with him? No. I was the only student. Lucky you. <laughs> so, I was, come on. I was his pet. I have to admit that. I was. I was. I have to admit that. There were 29 and I summer. Were you there? When, I was the only girl either. Uh, when the, the last alien uh, died, were you there at that point in time? No, I wasn't. I was uh, 
I was back at the motel in, in a city nearby, and uh, I had been told, and I was gonna, would be able to keep the being alive. Uh, how many were there originally? Nine. I saw nine, eight bodies, and then later we communicated with that one, so there were nine. And can you describe they were? Oh, I sure can. I remember that very well. They were uh, a very light, soft, uh, gray, I'd call it grayish green, really. And they had a slim, lean, uh, they had no nose, but they had markings where a nose opening would be. They had eyes and a mouth, no eyebrows. They had ears. They had a very uh, forehead, and I'd say relative to the rest of their body. And uh, the ones that I saw were approximately maybe uh, five feet tall, five feet five, something like that. They're small by what a man on Earth. What did their eyes look like? Their eyes were enormous. They were uh, very prominent. They were the most obvious thing you'd see on their face. Were there any pupils? I noticed, but I never saw any pupils. What color were they? They were almost a, a brown black. They were very, very dark. Um, were they all the same color in terms of the Oh, yes. Did they have any kind of clothing on? Yes, they had suits on. What did they look like? Eh, very much toward like what we call suits. The only thing was, though, that I didn't recognize the fabric. It didn't look like uh, any fabric that I would know as a chemist or even today that I would recognize. Were there any kind of fasteners? Or, uh, buttons or zippers or ties or yeah. something. No, I didn't see any. What about their shoes? Their shoes were all looked like they were connected. They were in one piece. And their their hands, their limbs were covered. You know, right down to what we would call the wrist. Uh, what color was it, and did it ha was it any kind of trim? You mean the suit itself? Oh, it had like an insignia on it. Insignia was almost in the middle of the garment. It wasn't off on the side like we would expect it to be. Did they need any special breathing apparatuses, or were they? Did they appear to be breathing on their own? On their own, and that was most amazing things that we were startled about, where they could apparently survive in our atmosphere. And they had apparently come such a long way. Did they seem to indicate that the atmosphere similar to our the breathing? They asked us about that, and we asked them about it. Yes, they seemed to indicate yes that it was quite similar. Was not identical to ours though, because they claimed they had made tests. Did they tell you anything about of their lifestyle? Was there? We tried to find that out before we could. They really, uh, we were very interested in not uh, antagonizing them at all, so not 
to the point where we had them answer to many of ours, so we never really found that out. We just knew that they don't live all above ground, according to what they told us. A lot of theirs is what we would call subterranean. Did they seem repelled by our appearance since they look so different? Oh, they, they thought we were very odd. Since you uh, indicated that they were either androgynous or had no sex, did they mention how they procreated? That was another thing which we asked them about and we couldn't pin down either, but no, they didn't that they had this like we have at all. Did they tell you how they re reproduced? Did they refuse or they just, nobody probed them? Nobody proved that. So they really were kind of limited in what they felt was appropriate to tell you? I would say so, yes. They, I would say they were very careful what they revealed. Mm -hmm. uh, did um, it seem like they wanted to have any kind of continual contact with this planet? Very definitely, yes. However, they had already almost discounted this as a desirable place to come. So we know that Albert Einstein actually met with these ETs, something that uh, never has been made public before. And if you read between the lines, she's saying that she was brought there by Einstein and she had to have a special clearance that was immediately uh, withdrawn afterward. So she was Einstein's pet, in her words. She was the only female student out of 29 in that program that summer. As far as the aliens themselves, she described them as being five feet tall, wearing a suit with an insignia, not off to the side, but in the middle of the suit itself. She said that one of the things that they marveled at was the fact that these aliens could survive and breathe in our own atmosphere. As the um, interviewer pushes her for more answers and more information, uh, Dr. Wright says that she didn't ask, or they did not ask, Einstein and her did not ask too many questions because they tried not to antagonize them. But they did uh, find out that uh, they live in a subterranean uh, bases and that they are androgynous, have no uh, sexual organs. Um, that was a little vague is the way she described them. She also said that the aliens were very careful as to what they revealed. Okay, so I'm going to continue with the article here. As far as the aliens' androgyny, um, the article says that in the realm of in the realm of their lifestyle and reproductive methods, Dr. Wright admitted, quote, we tried to find that out, but we were very cautious not to antagonize them. They didn't reveal much about it, but they mentioned living underground in what we call subterranean conditions, end quote. This suggests a unique aspect of their civilization and their preference for dwelling beneath the surface. Okay, so this is more evidence that aliens um, come from underneath the ground and, or underneath the sea. So if what Shirley said is right, it is more likely that the aliens come from somewhere under the sea or caves or something like that rather than another planet.
It pretty much uh, reminds me of my interview with Leslie and Stephen Shaw, who wrote the book, Who They Are and What They're Up To. And if you want to check that out, that was my podcast back in uh, November the 12th of uh, this year, 2023. The basis of their book is just that, that the aliens are not coming from somewhere else, that they've been with us and have been living underneath the earth or, or uh, underneath the seas, underneath our feet for many, many years. This is also what um, Dr. Wright is alluding to. The article here says that, quote, if humans on the surface are being reset to the Stone Age every several thousand, thousands of years, and they are more protected because they are underground, then perhaps their development in technology and intelligence is continuing on an upwards trajectory, whereas we're reset. It's also possible that maybe they aren't beings at all, but they can make you think you're seeing what you are not seeing. Not sure what that means, but um, the fact that um, if there is another race living underneath us and they can avoid cataclysms that have occurred over the millennia, um, that would not impede their progress and they would just build on whatever knowledge and technology that they have, and they would be a lot more advanced than we are today. This theory about aliens being underwater entities is supported by several incidents and testimonies. For instance, uh, there's a 2019 footage filmed on the USS Omaha that showed a UFO diving into the water off San Diego. There was also a retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Richard French who served as a lead investigator of Project Blue Book in the 1950s, who claimed to have witnessed two aliens repairing their ship submerged underwater in Newfoundland. French testified about his experiences in front of former members of Congress at the citizen hearing in 2013, stating that he saw aliens and their crafts below the water surface he described clear water that allowed him to observe the beings and their activities. Despite his role as a UFO debunker, French confirmed that it was a UFO sighting involving ETs. Other accounts support the idea of extraterrestrial presence in the ocean. Former gunner's mate John Bogman, stationed on the USS Carl Vinson in 2010, reported seeing a tic-tac-shaped UFO underwater. He described a solid object that rapidly collapsed and disappeared as it descended into the depths. There have also been encounters with unidentified submerged objects or USOs. The crew of a Soviet submarine witnessed six disc-like objects approaching their vessel at high speeds. Unable to escape, they were forced to surface. Through the periscope, they observed the objects emerging from the water and swiftly departing. There have also been classic alien abduction cases that involve encounters with underwater bases. Betty Andreessen, Luca, for example, a Massachusetts woman, experienced multiple abductions and recalled being taken to a spacecraft flying over the ocean. The craft submerged into the water, entering a tunnel illuminated by light, Filiberto 
Cardenas claimed to have been taken to a secret underwater hangar witnessed by his friend's family. He described entering a tunnel at high speed underwater and arriving at a large hangar beneath the ocean. These incidents and testimonies provide evidence for the presence of extraterrestrial activity in the ocean and support the theory of aliens as underwater entities. So there's evidence here that Shirley Wright met with the survivors of the Roswell crash with none other than Albert Einstein. I believe that's credible evidence of um, NHIs or non-human intelligences. I also think that the um, radio telescope capture that I showed earlier of a mothership that actually uh, has an orbit around the Earth is even more solid evidence that UAPs exist. And still, we're being stonewalled by the government as to the fact that we're in contact with aliens or aliens um, are here on Earth. I think it's high time that uh, we had more transparency about the whole issue. And even though the Disclosure Act has been watered down, I still uh, am encouraging and others like um, Dr. Greer and Daniel Sheehan are encouraging the public to press Congress for uh, more transparency and to not let this go. This is a good time to push Congress. If you go to the New Paradigm Institute, the website is newparadigmproject.org. Uh, this is an organization run by Dan Sheehan, the constitutional and civil rights lawyer uh, that's stationed in Washington, and he's pushing for, uh, for more transparency from the government. If you go to the New Paradigm project.org it's very easy the home page has a button that says take action you just press that and it takes you to this other page that says add your voice and all you do pretty much is put in your name street address your address your email and phone number and then that brings you to another page that already has a message for your representatives and it'll automatically send it uh, to whatever representatives um, you have um, at the state and federal level. And I got my response right away within an hour or so thanking me. So it's pretty easy to do. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my coverage of the Arecibo radio telescope um, footage of the mothership that's been orbiting the planet. And I thought that uh, it would be interesting to show Dr. Shirley Wright and her testimony as to how she met with the Roswell crash uh, surviving aliens with Albert Einstein. I'm sending out all the love and good intentions, especially um, during this holiday time, the happiest of holidays to all, and sending out all my positive prayers and hopes for peace for all those in the Gaza area. I'm Al Barrows. This has been your full disclosure. Keep searching for the truth. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast.